This show is sponsored by Hive Mind CRM. It is more than just a CRM. It is a real estate and business mastermind that comes with an all-in-one CRM. You can have unlimited websites and users. You can call, text, RVM, and email all-in-one user interface. And you can set up custom automations for any type and multiple businesses. 65% of companies start using a CRM system within the first five years of business. Once implemented, the hive mind will save you on marketing, give you more time, and make more money. One of our users had his first $100,000 month using our system in June. We want to see you automate and accelerate your business. Text us at 210-972-1842 for future meetings. And of course, to get our $1 course on how to make more than six figures on one land deal. You can schedule your free demo today at hivemindcrm.io. Hey, we're here with Mason Plinkton out of Houston. I really wanted to have him on the podcast. We met at the Hero event a week and a half ago, right? Something like that. I feel it feels it feels it feels sooner, but a lot as yeah. But it's kind of cool. It's weird how how that works, but it's it's cool people you meet and opportunity to meet and uh, change new lives. I like Mason here because he knows a lot of real estate terms, terminology, and experience at twenty years old, which is amazing. So I love I love talking to young people, just because. It's not that I'm much older. I turned 30 this year, but I'm like, there's people out there that are doing great things at such a young age. And I hope other people aspire to do the same thing. So I started my first business when I was 25, and I thought I was young at the time. But like the year, Mason here is 20 years old. So first question I always like to ask is, how did you end up here? Like, what was your first job? Were you? Yeah, yeah. Or something like that, and you end up being a real estate investor a year later. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, I started out like with me personally. I went and I went to college. Was going to go there for to become a neurosurgeon, and then I kind of realized it's not my path. I'm going to eventually own something. So I changed my route to go down the path of business and business finance. Whenever I did that, I was working at Jersey Mike's, and I just I got a taste of it. But I realized that I was only worth like eight dollars an hour and, that, and that's all i was making and so i i timed my money as in if i wanted to go buy a, a whataburger sandwich that would be like an hour and 10 minutes worth of work and it just wasn't and that's something we have in houston and texas it's it's more texas local it's uh it's it's amazing yeah, yeah it's uh it, it just kind of got to me that I, oh damn like i would rather own the store and so i started like talking to business owner since he is an owner and uh, he also owns real estate he kind of Talk to me about some a few things, but I will say my mom's been in real estate for the past 20 years, started one of the biggest companies nationwide called, called Lifestyles Unlimited. And they kind of help mentor people and kind of help bring people into real estate. So that's kind of how I got started. And then I went to a Teenage Millionaire Challenge, which was held in Raleigh, North Carolina with Javier Hinojo, Tim Mai, and Robert Allen. We all came out there and they kind of taught us what they knew and went from there. And ever since then, we've been rolling those about nine months ago. Nine months ago. It's not like Jersey Mike's. It's not a bad thing. No. It's not a bad thing. And it's just one no. of those things where like, my time is more valuable. I can do more with my time. I had a guy on earlier. He's I think he's 20 years old. He was working at Chipotle. <laughs> like, Chipotle, come on. So yeah. It's, it's kind of like one of those things where, like, no, it doesn't really matter where you start or how you start. It's just that you started. That's it. It's just that you started. Most definitely, yeah. So nine months into the Millionaire Challenge, what really intrigued me about that, because I've really – 
I love that they even somebody even thought through that. So shout out to uh, Javier and Tim Mai for that. That is amazing, amazing, amazing thing to do. When I heard, as soon as I heard it, I perked my ears. I'm like, that's that's like one of my it's like one of my big drives is to help educate and just help the younger audience entrepreneurs. Just because the, when you're an entrepreneur, it's very lonely. And I think you even said it when I spoke to you in Florida, is that you had to you dumped everybody. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I got I got tons of shit for it, but in the end, yeah, it is. It is kind of lonely, but you you kind of have to embrace it. You you get used to it, and it becomes what drives you is is kind of integrated and all that. It's not an easy path, but it's one worthwhile. That's what I will no say. Stuff. But I had to do the same thing when I started. Not necessarily even. It's it's one of those things like once you leave high school, like you don't talk to anybody who you went to high school with very often, and if you do, it's it's kind of weird. It's because you almost like outgrow your past, you know, and it's just, it's not even a bad thing. It's just that you grow, you grow as an individual and it happens at some point in your life and you realize that they're not in the same path as you, which is fine. You know, everybody goes on separate, separate paths. When I started entrepreneurship, that got even smaller. Like <laughs> it's crazy. Cause like high school is like a, a separate, a separation sometimes. And then entrepreneurship is like a whole separation again, just because not many people, you can't really explain to people what you do and how you do it because it doesn't make sense. Yeah, most definitely. So one thing I thought was amazing, and I want you to tell the number, is that you you were on stage in Florida and you're talking about how you filled out, you you and all the other teenage people filled out like millions of dollars of LOIs. Yeah, yeah. So if you're not really familiar with an LOI, and LOI is pretty much just a letter of intent just saying that you are interested in the property where you underline the terms and stuff before you actually go in depth on the contract. So there's no earnest money needed. It's just sent out. And we honestly, personally, I've probably sent out, I mean, well over 800 million in LOIs. And it's just, and then as a whole individual, like as a group, I would say, I mean, in the billions for sure. I just don't know how many, I would say probably around 3 billion in total. Cause most, some of these properties aren't, a lot of them aren't small. Uh, small meaning like some of them are worth 50 million, yeah. uh, 30, 40 million, 50, whatever it may be. Like it yeah. just, it's, yeah, but about personally 800 million. It's such a good exercise. I have never done that before. That's why I was amazed when I heard it because it's such an exercise to do that just because I've done a few LOIs and I'm like, mm -hmm. this is like over, it was overwhelming it to me in my head because I had nobody walk me through it. So, yeah. Did you get any offers accepted? Uh, we have. So we've had a few that got accepted. And then we kind of went down the line, processed further. And I mean, honest, none of them, none of them have, have went through for the Teenage Millionaire Challenge yet. But it's been, it's it's just such a good time. Like, it's such a good thing to do, like you said, just to kind of get in that habit of sending out LOIs and moving, moving through it like that. Because, I mean, worst case scenario, they say no. The markets was very crunched. Now it's kind of turning up. For example, if you were to go and buy a home, you're buying it at 40000 less than what you would have a month ago before they hiked the interest rates. So, yeah, it, we haven't got any accepted on the LOIs. Or we have got some accepted, but none of them have went full circle. But, yeah, it, it's, a, it's awesome. It's fun. I think the good exercise about that is that you understand the wording, which I think is half the battle. The phraseology yeah. used for the LOI, and then uh, talking to brokers because commercial brokers are like their own, yeah. they're their own obstacle, and, and most most investors I've never spoken to. So did you did you speak at all to commercial brokers? Yeah, yeah. So actually, first time, first week. I mean, we probably, I personally probably called about 30, 40 brokers, 
and just constantly just called them would look up hey like biggest brokers and at this company or whatever just call up random brokers and just kind of talk to them get to know them it worked out it works out it's it's just getting over that hurdle of them saying hey what's your irr what type of irr are you looking for what cap rate just they throw out terminology and if you're not familiar you'll get crucified there's one thing i learned about businesses that if you don't know the phraseology and whatever niche or business you're going into they can instantly see through it and they will hurt you in words. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> they, will hurt, they will hurt your feelings in business. Just And it's not even like they do it. On, I'm sure they do it on purpose and sometimes, but a lot of it is just a learning experience. They'll, they'll hurt you with words just because you're inexperienced in the phraseology and the language. And I will tell you that there's levels to it because real estate has its own language. And then you have commercial real estate that has its own separate language, but it's all individualized to whatever niche you're in. So it's very, very interesting to have that conversation and learn that conversation at such a young age. So I, I commend you, yeah. I commend, commend all the people that participate in the group because that's amazing. That knowledge yeah. is priceless. It's definitely, it's definitely something hard. Like, like you said, it's definitely its own niche. So I, like I understood single family so, somewhat pretty well and got into multifamily is just all so different. It's just completely different. Like you said, it does, it does take time, but I mean, just with trial and error is the best way I think you can do it. So are you doing any other type of real estate besides that other stuff? Or are you kind of venturing out and doing your own things now? I mean, I'll flip a house or wholesale something. Like currently we have a flip going on. Other than that, just really, I, I got, I had a time where I was cold calling like four or five, six hours a day. And I kind of backed away from that and realized that I, I have the skill set to do bigger ones. Why not just go big? And I'm talking like one money where it's 7.6 million that we're buying the property for and it's going to net us. And by the time we exit like a 2.3 X multiple. So that's amazing. That's amazing. I want to be like you when I grow up and uh, I, I think a lot of people, so let's, let's kind of break down some barriers here. What is the implication of going into larger transactions? Like what's, is it, is it like a money thing? Is it an experience thing or is it all the above? Because a lot of people are afraid to jump into multi-million dollar deals because they don't have multi-million dollars to do it. So what, what's the, what's the gateway or what's the, what's the understanding? Yeah. 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 There's, there's no need to have money. Like you don't need the money to do it. Honestly, you just need to know people and leverage their time, leverage their knowledge and that way. So for example, let's say I haven't been focusing on the banks. I don't know how to get a loan or any of that. But I do know somebody that is good with the banks, so I can bring them on and just leverage their knowledge, bring them on, give them equity in the deal and go from there. And for the down payment, I can say, hey, if you give me the money for the down payment, for example, for the 7.6 million one, they'd give 76,000. If they were to give 76,000, I'd say, hey, I'll 1.5 X your money that you put in. And I'll also give you equity on the, out, on the outside, on the backside of it. So there's so many different ways. All you have to do is just leverage, honestly, just leverage the the people you know and leverage the people that you meet and just build the relationships. It's it's such a re uh, relationship game. And a lot of people think, oh, like I'll go and do it all by myself. Or uh, you can do that in single family. Typically, it just in any in any aspect of entrepreneurship, it's all about the relationships and building those relationships. I'm really glad I'm really glad you mentioned that just because a lot of people over, they can't think past that. They, they stay small and do things small just because they, they don't understand the implications. So how do you meet people that are operating at that level? Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, so I can go to local real estate events. For example, we have North REI in uh, Houston. Went to that a few times. Quality people there, but some of them are also, it's 
also like a beginners in a way. Like there's some a lot of people there, some people there, they're just to start and you just kind of have to figure out who's there, who's doing what you want to do and kind of mimic what they, what their behaviors are, mimic their thoughts, mimic all that. And in reality, be a sponge. That's what I've always been told. And it's just the, the right terminology for it. But just going to those events or like the best events I've ever went to are events like the hero event, are events where you pay to get in, are events where you actually go and you put money out of your pocket to get there. And I'm not just talking about the flight or the hotel cost, like paying to get in the event elevates the quality of people in the room and the seriousness of the room. And then it helps you further your, your goals and aspirations tenfold. That's uh, a lot of people don't want to pay. No, I know. I know. <laughs> and it, I mean, you don't have to pay to start, but yeah, it's, it does help to pay eventually. Eventually you want to pay and get around those people and just, just go from there. I mean, like I said, the higher, the, not necessarily the higher, but the typically the rooms that I've went to that are like 300 bucks, 400 bucks, are better than the rooms that are free typically. So mm. it just, it, it all just depends though on the events. It all just depends on what you're looking to get out of it and stuff like that. So I'm on the other side cause we do our own events too. So I'm, and I, I totally agree with you too. The higher, the higher you raise the event or if it's free, the less people appreciate yeah. it and the less people will show up, but the higher you raise it. Now I've, I've noticed that recently and it's, it's kind of interesting. It doesn't make sense in your head. That, yeah. that's how it works but that's how it works it's kind of it's kind of cool to see about talk, see and see personally you know what are things that you've had to overcome early just because you are younger do you feel slighted in some ways just because people see how young you are and they think the experience level isn't there no not really and then if they do then that's where i leverage my team and i leverage their experience so if somebody's like why would i go in on a deal why would i get my money from my ira or my 401k, why would I invest that with you? You're half my age, in some cases, like one third my age. And why would I give you my money? And I'd say, well, yeah, I am 20 years old. However, the knowledge that I have is one of an expert of one of people who have 30 years minimum in the real estate industry. And then I just build my, and I'd say, hey, I have this gentleman who's on my team. He comes on, he's been in the industry for 30 years. He's done over a billion dollars in transactions. He's a part of the team. So if you don't trust me, trust him. Oh, if you don't trust him, then what about the loan broker? Last year, he lent out over $200 million in commercial real estate. In fact, checks all those and all those properties are performing well over where they where they started and what the projections are. And I just build in that rapport and build in that understanding that even if I were taken out of the, just out of the equation in general, that the property would still function at a high operating level through the work of my team. So it's, yeah, it's awesome. That's, that's a very good answer. It's a very good answer to that question. A lot of people would quiver. <laughs> they would yeah. probably they'd probably buckle under that patch pressure, <laughs> like because that, that's that's a lot that's a lot to say and a lot to put on. But your team is important. Most definitely, always. So how does how does somebody put together the team? Is it through the networking events and all that other stuff? And that's how you put together the team. Yeah. So some of some portions of the team are other portions aren't. So other portions are just going to be me calling saying, Hey, like I are going, just talking to my buddies who are in the industry. In reality, it all just comes down to the networking. So for example, if I go to events, if I go to the hero event and I meet somebody there and I'm like, Hey, do you know anybody, anybody that's located in Houston that fights insurance appraisers? And cause you can go and you can have an appraiser and then you can hire somebody to fight the appraiser Yeah, and do it that way. And then, then both of them are on your team. But so I just go to these events and I'll just talk to them. I'll say, if like worst case scenario, I'd say, Hey, who do you know that does insurance? Let me talk to them. 
Or who do you know that does management in Houston? Let me talk to them or wherever, whatever city or state you're located in. And just going to the events, doing it that way. Or you can just straight up cold call them, look up brokers or uh, loan brokers or any of that in, in, in any city, any state or any of that, any, anything that's involved in the transaction, tax assessment, insurance assessment, all that. Just kind of either cold calling or just going to the events, networking and going from there. I am excited to see where you are in five years. It's, it's such an open path. Like I've done a lot. I've, like I said, I've been an entrepreneur for four. I'm coming up on my fifth year this year. I'm more four and some change, you know? And I feel like I've done, I've done a lot that I would never thought I would do coming from truck driving, you know? So yeah. five years is a long time and 25, you're still so young that the, I don't, wouldn't be surprised if you're not a billionaire by 30 or 35. Like, I agree. It's pretty crazy to think about, but you set yourself on that own path by your decisions you made at 19 and 20 yeah. and, eight, and what you will continue to make. So it's not a one step decision to make this path. It's a everyday step to make that decision to go down this path every you know? day. And, and I, I, I always hear people say like, Oh, like I've heard some people say, well, I wish like, I would have got started at your age and stuff like that. And it just comes down to it. You, like you can start at any age. You can start investing, start becoming an entrepreneur at absolutely any age. And that's one thing that I, I hate that facade of people saying like, oh, like I'm too old or I don't know something or something. Go out there and just get it. Just it doesn't matter. Just go get it. it it'll come to you. It's just got to be consistent. Consistency. Yeah. What is a, a book or books that you recommend? Because I, I heard that you're a reader. Yeah. So if we're talking mindset, I would definitely say the four agreements currently reading that one. Now the Prince is really good. And that kind of breaks down just the mind and kind of how you understand about different. And in reality, it just breaks down to controlling a business. It, it is talking about like political stuff from the 14th century or something like that. It's an Italian philosopher. And, but it just breaks down kind of how to build the team, how to structure everything in a way and kind of just how people just think about different options. And then real estate wise, I mean, apartment syndication made easy. That one's, that one's pretty good. It's by Vinny Chopra. And there's, there's a few others like David Goggins can't hurt me. It's a, it's a must. You just have to realize that your body and you're able to do way, way more than you actually think. I did. I did order the book. Rich Dad Poor Dad for my brother-in-law. So he got it. The other yeah. Day. I mean that, yeah, I, I kind of, I excluded that one just knowing that it's like a uh, that's a that's just a must honestly if you don't if you're starting it's it's something you have to read i'd say it just breaks down the basics the basics what is a quote that is yours or somebody else's that you resonate with that's a good question i always write down quotes always write down quotes but i mean shit, i have some on my board we could go with i guess a man who distracts who lacks purpose distracts himself with pleasure and it just comes down to everything in life that's why pulling yourself away is such a such a big thing from from everything that could give you pleasure not everything but most things that could give you pleasure and just focusing and hunkering down just on life it's just it's just something that you, you kind of you have to do at some point to, to level up can you say that one more time that was a really good one okay it was a, a man who lacks purpose distracts himself with pleasure man who lacks purpose wow i've never heard that one see i that's, yeah. this is a question i always ask and i hear a lot i hear a lot of the same same ones usually that one that one's a good one yeah it was either that or between between that or a, a more fati but that's not really a uh, that's not really a quote but yeah it's i like that one a lot just because it breaks down everything in life 
pretty much like it, it's it, and it's such a basic thing that's why the romans were like we gotta we're gonna give them give them food give them entertainment they'll be fine yeah do you set goals for yourself you're kind of like i'm just gonna go as hard as i can as fast as i can and i'll get there type of type of person that's how i am i've always had issues setting goals issues meaning like i would set a goal and then I wouldn't, it just, it just wouldn't end up well. As in like, I'd set a goal for a year and I'd either hit it within three months or something. So, and then I'd like lower it down to a month where, where, where I needed to hit the goal. And so what I kind of do is I don't set goals anymore. Instead, I just think like, what would somebody, not necessarily don't set goals, but I say, what would somebody that is where I want to be? What would they think? How do they think? What do they do? And just kind of like in all reality, just impersonate the hell out of them. So I'll go and I will sit there and act like I'm, I'm them. Like I'll say, okay, if somebody is a billionaire or a millionaire who's financially free and just sitting back, just working on on his stuff that he loves, what would he do? Would he would he go to the go to the club tonight, or would he just sit down and relax and do some work, or just all always just kind of put in myself the the mindset of what somebody would do that's already where I want to be. No, not, not, not the traditional answer, but no, I mean, it shows your wisdom and experience, even at such a young age, just because a lot of people, I tell everybody that I, I mess or talk to them, like, I'm an old soul. Like I kind of, I, do <laughs> I, I don't do things that people my age do. I, I really don't. And it's one of those things that it's not, that, it's not that really I, I hinder myself. It's just, I don't want to do it. I, I, don't, I don't get pleasure yeah. from doing those things have a greater purpose i guess and it's not even putting shame on everybody else it's just i don't waste time doing that i had a big problem when i was younger with video games i just waste time and time and time playing video games all through high school i'd play video games at night after i got home from school all night and then wake up three hours of sleep and go back to school again and i had a problem i'll admit i had a problem and now it's just like I don't even have time for that stuff. And I, it's not that yeah. I don't enjoy doing it. It's just I know how much time I could waste once I turn it on, but I don't turn it on. And it's been like seven years since I put it on. So now it's like that urge is gone to do that anymore. And there's other things that I'd rather put my time towards. Most definitely. Yeah, that, that's the same with me. I used to be like that. And then uh, it's just come. That's why I like that quote so much. It's because what I found is me, I will kind of replace different versions of the pleasure just through my life and just kind of go from that and i'll just replace one like for example i may replace video games with hanging out with friends or do that with more productive things but that aren't actually doing getting me to where i want to go um, yeah. so it's always and that's why i like that quote so much but yeah it's it's something that i used to have the same issue with and a lot of kids our age do i know tons of people that do and it's not even a bad thing like it's just it's no. showing, it's showing where to put your time that's worth more of your while and what's actually going to help yeah. towards your career. Yeah. I probably, I probably need to make time to read books, but it's just one of those things where I haven't, I, I don't have the urge. I probably need to listen to audiobooks. Yeah. That's to, what I do. I listen to a lot. I used to, when I was, when I was truck driving, I, I would drive like 10 hours a day or something like that. So mm. I had like all the time in the world just to listen to stuff. When I first started truck driving, I used to listen to music, 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 music. And then there was a point where, I was like, I need to, I need to change this opportunity to educate versus entertain. So there was a flip that switched for instead of music that I listened to, it was education and versus entertainment. And then that's where I kind of went down this path. And it was like, it was a, it was a mental decision to use that time to educate versus entertain because the entertainment, you can, you can kill 10 hours of listening to music on a road trip easily. Like, but if you actually listen to an audio book, if you listen to a podcast, just some type of education that might take that might save you 
10 years of your life working a job. <laughs> yeah, actually though. Yeah. And that's, that's the same with, I was, I wasn't driving as much. I didn't, I wasn't a truck driver, but I would drive like from Houston to Austin, which is like three, four hours, like pretty much two times a week and stuff like that, or go from Austin, San Antonio, just really just driving and, and doing work that way as well. And it just wasn't. And then I'm like, damn, like I've heard the same songs. I only like 10 songs really even though I have thousands of my playlists, I only listen to like 10 of them. This is boring. Like what, what can I do? And so like, I, I started watching movies like the secret, <laughs> that's smart. I don't recommend that, but I would like put the movie on and just let it like sit there and kind of watch whenever listening to books though was the easiest thing. I'm like, damn, like it, that, that killed more time. In my opinion, it I turned it because it was entertaining to me. It just killed more time than just listening to music over and over and over again, every day, all day. Are you a habit person where you wake up at the same time every day? No, or yes, yes, but my habits are not where I need them to be. So for okay. example, I, I typically wake up around 10 because I like to stay up and work. That's just whenever I feel more productive, but I'm trying to switch it to, yeah, I'm trying to switch it to like where I go to bed at eight or 7 p.m. and wake up at three or four and then go from there. So um, I'm like you now. I think it was my video game habit that made me into like a night owl. And then now yeah. I will, I usually stay up late working and then I wake up late, but it's my own prerogative though, because I get more work. Like I have kids, so my kids are asleep. Yeah, so I, it's your free actually, time. You're alone. I actually have time to get some work done without being distracted. And my wife will be asleep, whatever. So I can actually yeah. get, get more work done. But on the other side of it is that I kind of miss them. I mean, I do spend time in the mornings too as well. But it's just one of those things where, like, it's my personal preference. I did see one of my uh, podcast guests I recently interviewed. He's like, yeah, I'm starting work at 11, 11 o'clock. Don't judge me. And I'm like, and he put underneath of it, I've worked, I've worked all these years to enjoy my time. And I can start work whenever I want because I have the freedom. Yeah. So I'm like, that, that's me. That's me. I'm starting work at 11 o'clock because I can. PM or AM? AM. Okay, okay, okay. I was thinking, I was thinking, I was thinking PM for a sec. Well, I mean, he was Eastern, so it was like 8 a.m. Oh, yeah. I usually, I usually start work at 10 o'clock, which is when this podcast was. I'm working right now. Yeah. So, this is so like 10, 10 a.m. is when I start. Like my morning is, I spend time in my morning. He's back from my family. And then I start work at 10 a.m. That's just how it is. I choose when I want to start, and like other people, like you start work at one one p.m. Eastern. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> I'm gonna have to right. deal with it. Exactly. But it's interesting to have the freedom to do whatever you want. What was that transition like? Because that is a bigger transition than you realize. It's from working a regular job to working for working for yourself. Yeah. So for me personally, it was it was a big jump. So I went to college and that's where I was doing working at Jersey Mike's. And then I came back, I went to a mastermind, which opened my eyes whenever I heard that people didn't have degrees. Some of them did, but a much something decent amount of them did not have degrees and were absolutely killing it. Absolutely killing it. I mean, one of the gentlemen there sold a business for 800 million and grew that to 800 million from 42 million in two years. So that right there alone is absolutely insane. But going in there and listening to them, just kind of tell their stories and just talking to them and getting to know them a little more, that kind of pushed me off. And I was like, damn, like I can't go work again. Like this is, there's so much more that I'm not able to experience and live because I'm not doing any, because I'm just sitting there at a job doing that while I was doing dishes. I'd listen to books, et cetera, educate. But for me, the transition was, it was pretty hard, but it, it just comes out another book, Atomic Habits. That's another good one as well. That one is awesome because it breaks down how your mind, how to actually program your mind to remember and do habits 
on a consistent basis and how, for example, one girl used to ride a horse every, every week or whatever with her friend and she'd smoke a cigarette while she was riding the horse. And then she sold the horse for 20 years, got back on the horse with one of her, a different horse 20 years later and immediately had the craving to smoke a cigarette even though she hadn't picked it up in 20 years. Wow. And it, that kind of, kind of, whenever I read that book and that, that part came up, it really, I realized that for you to like kind of build those habits, that's the main thing. The, the, the working by yourself is, or for yourself, it, it is a big difference, but you have to have the, the habit. You have to set, sit down and say, hey, I am working for somebody else. Like I have a reminder on my board saying I am my own boss, which pretty much for me, that means that I tell myself when I'm working and I do that. And for me, like, it's like, I got to get up at 10, but I'm working until seven or eight. And so that's my time. I can't go out. I can get a few breaks or whatever, but just setting those boundaries and putting yourself to work as if you're not yourself, like, like as if you're employing somebody else, that's how you have to kind of, that's how I've kind of went about thinking about that. The, the hardest boss is <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's a quote I saw the other day is that, um, and it probably doesn't make sense to real estate people, but it makes sense to me because I have a service-based business. Everybody, everybody wants to be their own boss until you realize your clients are your boss when you're an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but it, it really hit me hard because I'm like, man, my clients give me the hardest time and like they're my boss, so I gotta work for them. But there's a, it's a different type of fulfillment, but I can, I can handle a lot more a lot more people at that time. But yeah, they, they can be their own, their own burden in, in itself but it shows that the change is different like my wife my wife this morning she's like uh you work even when you don't work you work what do you mean she's like if you don't work the whole day you're still gonna work at night yeah that's what i do <laughs> yeah yeah it is good having that freedom though i'll say that it is good having the freedom as long as you do something with it and you have to manage it of course i golf occasionally i haven't golfed this year yet but it's one of those things where like it's the reason why people that are golfing are rich because they have the time freedom to go to the course at 6 a.m in the morning for four hours or so and just do nothing <laughs> they're not they're not held accountable to, to nobody and that's what that's what makes them rich the freedom the freedom to do whatever you want that's, that's an amazing freedom. i kind of asked my last question but what do what 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 states are you doing deals in what type of deals are you looking for yeah yeah so okay yeah so i i do real estate deals in any red state any red state meaning any state that's landlord friendly so that's just me personally that's my preference i mean i could go into blue states but i never thought whenever i was younger and hearing my mom talk about real estate never thought that i'd have to pay a tenant to move out like pay them for the keys and i'm talking like 500 bucks which is like the cash flow for one two months on some properties just to get out there yeah just for them to move out and move somebody back in i never thought that was i never thought that was something that i would have to do so that's why i don't go to the blue states the landlord friendly not landlord friendly states i should say but typically i do most of my deals in texas just because i'm based from here i have more connections here but then i have like other i have a good amount of connections in like georgia florida pennsylvania which I, those i'll typically just kind of push off to my, my buddies over there alabama some in nevada so you're all yeah. over the place where can yeah. people send you deals they can send it to my email or they can just shoot me a dm my email is just going to be my first name or it's the the and then my first and last name at gmail.com y'all can send me deals there and uh, typically what i like to do is i i would like to uh, i like to add people in on the deals so i don't just like to i mean if they'd like if they need the cash now then we could do it that way where i just 
wholesale it from them, I buy it from them. Yeah. Um, if they don't want that, then more than happy to throw them in on the deal and give them equity as well for that. So there's your Instagram, good people can send you deals there and your email address. I, I, I like, we like doing the same thing just because if, if you pay people on the deal, I mean, they could get the money now, but if they get equity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and equity and like one thing that not a lot of people know is that the, the, the write-offs, like that's one thing I, I know I can help everybody. That's why I like real estate is because I know I can help everybody, meaning I can go and if someone were to go and invest, or let's say if somebody were to go and bring me a deal and I weren't to pay them a single dollar, but I gave them, let's just say $10,000 of equity. Then with that $10,000 of equity in the property, then they can, they can double that on the write-offs because of cost segregation. And that's if you're not a real estate investor. If you are, you can three exit, etc. So my uh, friend, they just bought a, a uh, not apartment, a commercial real estate building for twelve million dollars, put down three million, and wrote off the other nine in a month. So by them investing three million, the real estate investors saved about seven million, eight million, because they didn't get the full price, but they did get like ten million dollars in write-offs. So in yeah. reality, like three x their uh, investment just from write-offs and that's how you don't pay taxes yeah it's it's yeah i say it's simple but yeah yeah it, it kind of is but yeah that's how you don't pay taxes and that's how i know somebody in in, in houston who uh, is worth like 500 million dollars and he gets stimulus checks go and cash those and, and while he's in his porsche or his bentley or his bugatti and they're going to do that it's just because he knows how to work with the game the game's meant for you not to pay taxes that sounds like a terrible idea so if you're all in seriousness, want to pay less taxes, become an investor, start learning real yeah. estate, start whenever you can, knowing yeah. just the wrong age and be consistent is where we'll leave you at. Yeah, okay. it's, that's just what it comes down to is being consistent and knowing your greater why. That's it. Well, I appreciate your time, Mason. It's been a great episode. I hope people get a ton of value from it and I hope people go follow you and bring you some deals because that's what it's all about. We're all about here to share the wealth and we're here to educate and inform and empower our people. So I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your time and we will catch you next time. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Truly. No problem. The show is sponsored by the list guys. Do you need more leads in your local or virtual market? One in 10 small businesses don't invest in any kind of marketing. The list guys have over 35 plus list types to choose from, and you can mix and match any list or criteria. We also use the skip trace list and provide up to seven numbers and email addresses. Every list you purchase will be scrubbed against previous purchases. The list guys are here to save you time. Contact the list guys today at www.1listguys.com. That's www.1listguys.com.